Welcome to Between Two Furrows, where two bros talk about art and try to figure out the f***ing universe. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Check, Check it out. Alrighty. Yeah, I guess we're all set. What's up, brother? Not much. Just got back from skating today. I got skating. A... <laughs> hey, it's fun. It's fun. I got uh, tri wheel skates, and it, they're really what? fun. Yeah, tri wheel skates. Have you never heard of them? Uh, are those the ones that have the stop on the front? Oh no, no, no. So the stops on the front, you might. Those be are thinking... four, like right. Uh, so I have inline uh, roller blades. Mm. So uh, roller blades, they don't have uh, brakes on the front. Uh, because the wheels kind of come out um, beyond the toe. But uh, usually rollerblades, they would have uh, brakes on the back because it's easier to lift your heel in uh, rollerblades. But I have uh, tri-wheel skates, which is, uh, they have bigger wheels. I have 110, so the diameter is uh, 110 millimeters. And there's three of those wheels. They offer more maneuverability, but it's a lot harder to lift up your heel for, say, like um some tighter turning uh, maneuvers if you do that kind of stuff. But they do roll a lot faster since there's less surface uh, contact with the road. And since they're bigger, it's a lot smoother of a ride. Huh. So this is uh, this feels like the longboarding of, of friggin' roller skating to me. Because uh, you're just able to go faster and smoother and it's harder to go around corners that's what i hear uh, i guess so i mean there are skates that are like off-road they have like rubber rubber with like oh fuck that i don't want yeah, yeah, yeah. to do have... with that longboards <laughs> don't even have that shit fuck yeah that. yeah there's, no. there's some crazy stuff there's even like um some ski kind of skates that it, it like resembles skis and you can do that off-road but they have like there's only two wheels but uh, they have the length of, like, skis and everything. It's like, what? That's it? That exists? And they're only sold by, like, one company. I think it's PowerSlide. I the wonder main... why they're only sold by one company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, I think it's used for, like, off-season, say, if there's no snow where, you're, where you are in the world, and then you want to train for, say, uh, other competitions or want to use it recreationally. Um, yeah, on. Sounds- ridiculously Hills. different <laughs> yeah it's weird it's so weird i didn't know it existed that a couple sounds dangerously ago. different <laughs> yeah but i am mainly uh urban i like to skate around say like parking lots and then eventually mm. getting into the city now that i'm developing my stops a lot better mm. uh yeah i have foregone uh a break like a heel break uh because it's hard to use it on your heel uh, especially with all of these other techniques, like say crossing over uh, to round corners a lot better, uh, mm. lifting your heel if you need to for tighter maneuvering. So a lot of so uh, braking is literally only for braking. Like, yeah, yeah, break. Yeah, stop. braking. Yeah, if you have a brake on your uh, on the heel of your uh, skate, it's more for casual uh, goers or maybe beginners who uh, who are trying to go more professional. Uh, but uh, there are different stopping techniques. I mostly use like the L stop or some people call it the T stop. And you literally just drag your foot behind you. But it does wear on your wheels though. But it is like mm. one of the most common methods of stopping. Um, also dragging, it helps you with um, 
uh, going down hills because that can be really scary if you don't know what you're doing. I've never had, I've never bailed oh my or God. like ate shit or anything yet. I've definitely <laughs> bailed and ate shit on oh. my fucking longboard going down a hill. Like oh that's definitely God. something that has happened to me. But it was fun still. I got back up and kept longboarding, but uh, <laughs> that has definitely happened to me before. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really like longboarding, and uh, I like stopping on that longboard because, uh, well, I don't. It's not. I think this is a common trick, but you just literally put your foot on the ground and just like tap with your the flat of your foot. Huh. And then you just slow down, obviously, because the friction. Oh, I see. I see. So like, I don't. I basically you build the muscle memory to just literally drop your foot delicately onto the ground and just kind of <laughs> let it slide. And that's the the hard part because at first you kind of like stomp your foot down a little too hard, so you might stop a little hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I like doing that one. Uh, I don't even remember the last time I braked while skating because the last time I skate, I just kept skating because I didn't want to break. <laughs> yeah. Um. Jesus, I can't believe they make those inline ones those long though. Yeah, it's crazy, and that's just tri wheels. But uh, there's also speed skates where it's honestly just a shoe. It's not a boot that covers your ankle as well. But speed skates, they usually have like five wheels, speed and that's. Skates. Yeah, and those are used for, say, uh, Olympic kind of events, or more competitive yeah, That makes sense. I thought they did that on ice, though. I didn't know they had one that was on wheels. That's crazy. I don't know watch it. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, the boot that I have, I got it a little while ago, or it's not a while ago, it's like early this week. Uh, I'd gotten it. They're different from the, uh, the brand that I first got. Rollerblade is the brand where I got my four-wheel inline skates from and those are great but i wanted to up it to uh the four wheels they have like 80 millimeter wheels and those are smaller of course uh but you have a little bit more control since they're lower to the ground and they said that if you get uh tri-wheel skates it might be kind of difficult it really wasn't that much more difficult the only thing that you have to consider is that you have more room to lean because the wheels are so much bigger it's kind of like the physics of like how a motorcycle if it's going fast enough can lean like to extreme levels and not fall over mm-hmm. it's that just kind because of it's going that fast in that direction exactly yeah. exactly so that's the only thing you have to take into consideration as well as kind of using your back wheel a little bit more or lifting your heel a little bit more to like do uh like turnarounds like transition stops where you just um, Fucking, oh my god yeah it's it's a lot of stuff but i'm starting to develop kind of like a power stop or a power slide where uh you put your foot perpendicular to the direction you're facing and that's like one of the best ways to stop i don't have uh yeah that sounds an- all right yeah i don't have the uh muscle memory yet to like put my foot like dig my foot into the ground at the angle that it needs to be and stop like that but a transition stop is where you essentially you line your feet in a way where you just do like a circle like uh the way that you circle around it like absorbs all the momentum that you had oh, okay um, so you would just literally you literally would go into a circle <coughs> excuse me yeah, Basically, so you, you just go sideways and, and try to like use that momentum to just turn around yep yep and yeah, more and more, I'm uh, leaning my leading foot out more than I usually would. So it's like, okay, I'm catching even more momentum at a slightly higher speed. So this is a very reliable stop for the moment. 
which could eventually turn into uh, a power stop or say a power slide where my leading foot is the one that's digging into mm. my leading foot in this case would be my left foot digging in sideways at a certain angle into the ground and it's like a skid stop which is the power slide or power mm. stop like the yeah. baseball slide <laughs> yeah basically gotcha gotcha so yeah. yeah it's it's going pretty well so far i haven't uh skated all too much since it's been pretty busy around here i think i'm gonna stick to the longboard not gonna lie yeah yeah today <laughs> I, like I was breaking with that shit it's the way getting that <laughs> today's what what were you saying uh oh yeah today i was over in um by Columbia Mall, actually, and I got to mm. go on a trail that I had never been on before. I didn't know that was there. It's like, oh, this is cool. So got a lot of good exercise on that. There's just so many hills, though, uh, off the trail. That's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the boot that I have, it doesn't have – it has ankle support, but the lining on the inside of the boot doesn't have enough uh, fabric to where it's like – the parts of your ankle that protrude out on the mm. sides, it's like really tight on that. And it's like really irritating where it's like, okay, I'm not enjoying this ride anymore towards the end. It was yeah. really rough. Yeah. Well, also, like, hmm. how long were you doing it for again? Uh, let's see. I think about two hours or so. It was fine, like, in oh the my first God. hour. But I think what it was because... You... Dude, bro, two hours? That's going to kill you. Like, of course you were feeling it. No, no, but with my other boot, the four-wheel boot, I don't feel that at all. When was the last? Did you use that one for two hours the last time? Oh with yeah, yeah, boot? I've yeah, I've used that for like say like three hours one time. The fuck uh, you doing, dude? Your yeah, and probably solid steel. <laughs> it no, it wasn't even like a joint. It was just like abrasion and how tight it was on specifically that oh, okay. part of the ankle. It was just like mm -hmm. really tight and it's like constricting. Yeah, it did not okay. feel well. <laughs> yeah, and I think all of the okay, striding up. Fucking skating. Yeah, I think all the striding maybe uphill made it worse too. Uh, usually, before I would find places to just like coast and just carve and not have to stride as much. So maybe that's probably what it was. But if I want to still use that boot, I need to find a way to put more cushioning. Yeah, that's what it is. There wasn't much cushioning for that part of the ankle, and it just hmm. like. Is it like the inside of the ankle or like the outside of the ankle? It was mostly the outside where, for me, it on the bone. Out the, yeah, on the bone. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's definitely the, not where you want it to be. A little tight. Oof. That's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. And usually I would be able to make it just as tight on the four-wheel boot, and it's like, yeah, that's completely fine. There's enough padding. But on here, I tried loosening it, and when I loosened it on the part of where my ankle was kind of being aggro... Um, agitated yeah whatever. agitated um if i made it looser i had uh less control with how i like leaned into my uh carbs I and see. everything which is kind of ugh, it felt it didn't feel good and it was also kind of dangerous in the long run if it my didn't feel ankle, safe basically. yeah if my ankle was wobbly yeah hmm. unfortunately so i'll figure out something for that yeah I need the longboard so I can get my comfortability with hills because I never fully mastered that. And I just kind of ate shit trying to take on a, a giant hill because I was like, I got this. I should have just started halfway and let it just take me up. But <laughs> I was just like, hmm, let me see what I can do. And then I just wobble out of existence. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, let's talk about art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> intro. <laughs> nice intro. 
Um, this yeah. is our second episode here, and I am running on four brain cells Oof. and like a few hours of sleep, but it's all right. This is the in between between two froze podcast mm-hmm. with me, Joseph Members, and me, Scott Arnwine, or Frodacious, whichever. Or Frodacious, yeah, yeah. And I'm Fabi Sketch. That wasn't obvious. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm going to be putting that on the on the YouTube there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, also Scott, I figured you could just whip out your drawing program and draw while we're doing this. Oh yeah, true. Uh, I just need to make yeah. uh, for behind the scenes stuff. I'm <laughs> finishing up the color job for a for the logo of this very podcast that you're listening to mm-hmm. right now. So, yeah, which is going to drop on the very same day as the first episode because. Yeah, it takes a while to do these things, and uh, don't complain about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so at least right now, I finished the colored version, which has like a bunch of uh, polygon color splotches and whatnot. And now I just need to make the black and white version. And very important for graphic design, if you don't design in black and white first, you're not gonna know what looks good in general for in terms of contrast. A lot of people forget about contrast and how important that is for readability. Because yes. who would put yellow text on type on top of a white background? I I've can't heard really. you talk about this a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying. It's like that's uh, apparently your pet peeve, and that also makes sense. Yeah, and then also for especially movies, it bleeds into movies too because you can really? have. Yeah, because sometimes uh, even in commercials or maybe mm. the beginning of feature films, uh. They have white text, uh, and they have a dark background for, like, a couple seconds, like, oh, yeah, that's good. But then there might be, maybe for, like, the beginning of the next uh, piece of text in, like, the beginning of the movie, uh, or at the end, depending, if there's, like, a very light, like, uh, splotch of color that maybe, like, comes over very briefly and it's like wait what i can't read that for a second and so oh like when it when it shows the skyline right and then you yeah. still have the white text going and then it doesn't yeah. change to like black text or they didn't account for it i got you yeah yeah so even that kind of stuff it's like in uh cinema it's like it's easier to navigate that because there's always usually there's moving visuals and there's a lot of contrast for uh like moving visuals and then you know but if you're not going to be moving or using like any specific frames, like multiple frames for a still work, then that's even more important uh, because you have all the time in the world to uh, think about this one shot, this one angle that you're um, trying to illustrate. Uh, and so you need to think about contrast, not just for the text, but for other things that you want to highlight as well. That's very important. Uh, who do you think is making the text? Hmm. So, like, what, like, what person in a specific position? Hmm. Uh, There's, it's a very open-ended question. I'm not sure where to put my focus in. Like, in, like, cinema or, like, graphic design. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 Hmm. I'm not exactly sure if I completely understand <laughs> the question. 
<laughs> kind of like uh, what I say. With, well, uh, I'll ask you the same question, but in an audio standpoint. Like, um, okay. Uh, okay. So, who do you think puts the sound effects in the movie? Uh, so, say like an S, uh, what? SFX guy or a person. Okay, who do you think that is, though? Like, um, importance-wise, do you think this guy is, like, the guy that's recording the sounds, or do you think this is the guy that's directing the movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now I'm understanding more, so... Because neither of those guys are doing that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I was working on a movie, I would be doing what's called ADR. Um, mm. I forgot the exact representation of what it is but it's basically audio recorded after the fact of the recording to better fit the contents of it like say i had a mm. boom you know how like uh sitcoms have that boom mic thing that they always had that joke where it, it drops into frame like yeah that thing. so uh we're not sitcoms but I, I guess like comedy whatever um that would be recording the audio and say that the audio wasn't recorded well enough mm. that they want to use it then they would go to a studio after the fact of the recording, and then they would bring that actor in to re-record that line at the same, like, volume, and they can just critique it and hmm. make it sound better. So that'd be what ADR would be. And you could do the same thing with, like... I'm pretty sure they'd do the same thing with just film and people who edit the text, et cetera, et cetera. Ah. Yeah. So take it up with those guys. Don't worry about the directors. Just find those guys in the credits and then just go stalk them and uh, burn their houses down or whatever your gripe <laughs> is, Scott. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, I don't remember what the topic we were talking about before that was, but... Uh, like contrast and readability. Contrast, readability. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to keep drawing on that because I think you have more to talk about on that point because I have nothing to say. <laughs> um, hmm. I guess in some cases you can go the opposite way where if you want to illustrate a specific point or maybe a visual trick, uh, say in comics or maybe manga, uh, maybe other forms of graphic uh, media, mm -hmm. uh, if you use less contrast uh maybe to support the illustrated idea uh, maybe for a gradual kind of effect so and for example maybe in like comics uh you might have text that is like slightly meshed into like the background in a way to show uh something maybe that's far away uh or something it's a very like to show minute details. So you can use contrast not only to make it easier to read, but for those who are who are able to read it, uh, this is more this is more for uh for the overall enjoyment, like being more experimental and not being so like clear cut. For those who are able to read or, or see the very minute uh changes in contrast, if it's very low contrast, you can use it to kind of immerse your audience in a way. So that's that's kind of like either little contrast for experimentation or a lot of contrast purposefully for easier reading. I feel like contrast just dives into all of the fundamentals of art. Yeah, really. <laughs> so yeah. like you have to have contrasting shapes, contrasting colors, contrasting 
lighting like because mm. I, I just recently learned about the concept of cold and warm light which Ooh, really yeah. kind of blew my mind uh, i want to get more into colors i think i'm going to try to base most of my studies and stuff on color and light because mm. i think that's where my study of well my understanding kind of falls apart for the mm. most part because like uh those subtle details with light uh like i want to get into line art with the lighting being like in effect because i really like that effect uh thing that comes to mind is you remember that 3d image of jotaro in um of course part three at the beginning when he's like having his uh star platinum punched through the screen oh yeah mm-hmm. and uh when he's standing there i imagine as like a 2d image because like the light reflecting on him makes it look like the lines are like colored and like reflecting too like it just feels like a painting but it's lines and i love that effect like i really yeah. love that like, oh, it really yeah, yeah. really brings out the soul in me and i think i want to bring that into my my manga i want to use that for like the splash art mm-hmm. um like the frames that i actually color because i i want to do that oh, but God. yeah um again forgot what i was talking about contrast <laughs> colors learning how to do that yeah uh go back to you scott you say some things uh i think that's all for contrast and like how you said it's all kind of like very general it can go into a lot of different facets for art and how to express or illustrate that either for emotional kind of stuff or more intelligent and like informational kind of details as well yeah. uh hmm. I, yeah, that I think that's about what you can expect for contrast. You can have little or more. Uh, you might have somewhere in between, uh, depending on how you want to roll with it. Um, yeah. If you want to have it be like, maybe it's like a trademark where it's like, oh, these are all kind of like, uh, say for a graphic novel, you might have something, or a manga, depending. It's a lot of ink for mangas, especially. But this having... is why I'm doing it digitally. <laughs> yeah, but having... Uh, say a gray background with black inking and so that can show oh it's dark outside um mm. not just for shadows but then you might have uh really like pure black for like the shadows within the darkness wherever that can be seen so it's that kind of stuff that you can explain. right i was going into warm dark light mm-hmm. not warm and dark fucking cold and warm light jesus mm-hmm. But I like that in comparison to, um, what's the word? Not the word. Uh, the design. Sorry, guys. I'm tired. I work an overnight <laughs> job. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Warm colors and cold colors in character design. Yeah, there it is. Uh, mm. it's, that's apparently a reoccurring thing, and it doesn't make a lot of sense because it kind of builds you into the character. Like, I don't know. Like my Silas character has an orange jacket and purple hair, so the purple would be kind of like the cold, and the orange would be the the warm. And then, like mm. when light reflects on that, it kind of does this cool thing to the color and just the lines. So uh, taking yeah. that into like you've probably seen that in watercolor. Like watercolor is super cool at bringing out that effect of just warm and cold, cold light. <sighs> Talking. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to actually look up something so I'm not just bullshitting here. It's like mm-hmm. a watercolor. I'm just going to go on to images. Yeah, I'm definitely not bullshitting here. Like, it looks wonderful. 
like cold light warm light and then like right in between it like i'll show you a picture that i just found real quick mm-hmm. and then just look into like um let me see if i can just take the image coffee let me actually drop these i finished the logo for any for anybody who wants to know finished it Here he finished it, it he did it he did it uh open can I gonna drop it? Copy no, image, no. maybe. Oh, oh, let me copy image address. I'll just paste it here. Is it long as fuck? It's the long as fuck. Here, great. Here you go, Scott. <laughs> oh, wait, it's not that long. But here, you can actually just see it in Discord. Cool. Oh wow. Yeah, but like you see what I mean? Like there's warm light inside this like fucking watercolor soccer retreat. Okay, for people listening, uh. I literally typed in watercolor, scrolled down, and then it's this easy watercolor techniques painting Japanese flowers. Honestly, if you type that in, you'll probably find it faster. It's a tree. It has a green field below it. There's, It's a pink tree. I want to make that clear. Like The leaves are, are pink. And then it's just a sky. And you can see on the inside of the tree, there's like red colors in the middle that'd be like your warmest spot where the, like the sun touches it. And I guess there's some like shadow, but it like shines real nice through there. Mm-hmm. And then you have your cold colors behind it. And then that contrast itself is very pleasing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just that kind of contrast, man. Like and that in between of the colors. And like I like this effect because there's like no lines, but you can see everything's properly like contained within form and it looks just nice. Like I really want to emulate that in my art. That's something that I want to do, but I want to do it in a stylistic way that doesn't look too cheesy. Um, but that's for when I get better. For yeah. Now I'm just going to keep drawing. <laughs> yeah. I guess um, to piggyback off what you're saying with, uh, warm and cool light. It gives a lot of color depth. Uh, looking at the picture, of course, as well. Yes, that uh, also is a really good thing. Contrast and depth and shape sizes and all that shit. Yeah. For me, I really like something that has... I can't really get in the middle. I like something that either has uh, a lot of depth, like this picture right here, or it's very simplistic in a very pleasing way where it's like very, very crisp, very... You could even say if it has shadowing, you could say it has like a, a cell shading. So for those who may not be familiar, uh, think about how uh, like Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, that used cell shading. They didn't really blend shadows together like maybe how uh, Breath of the Wild may do uh, with its more advanced kind of... Uh, Fuck that noise. <laughs> with more of its uh, advanced uh, shading kind of rendering. And even then, it's like some stuff uh, was very, uh, what would you say? It was very defined as well. So maybe like Link's drop shadow in Breath of the Wild, that was very, uh, very clear, very distinct. It had a very definite outline. It wasn't very blurry. But with uh, Wind Waker, everything, everything had a cell-shaded technique with it for its color style. It used very... Uh, high con well, for most characters it used very high contrast uh colors going back to contrast uh very yeah. saturated as well to further emphasize like the uh the tune because he's just regarded as tune link at this point 
um, with his addition to Smash to differentiate. So you yeah. can actually, yeah, when you think about, say, if you're familiar with uh, Super Smash Brothers, you can think of all of the different links. So say you have uh, your standard link, who is like the adult version, uh, who is usually per time of the game's release is the most current and up-to-date link. So currently right now, as of speaking, it's usually like Breath, Breath of the it, Wild Link. Yeah. yeah, Breath of the Wild Link. Uh, that And each game usually has its own art style. Uh, oh, wow. Thinking about it. Yeah, art style. Speaking of art style and Legend of Zelda, uh, Twilight Princess, a very all-over-the-place kind of color design. Uh, especially oh, super fucking... Like... <laughs> Super saturated. Like, yeah. Wow. Super yeah. saturated. Like uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Not a lot of variation in the saturation. It's just a yeah. lot of saturation. And like I get the, they really wanted to drive the mood of the game, and mm. I I get that. I didn't like it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was still a good game. Yeah. Yeah. But so that saturation choice was a little cringy for me. Yeah. So in that sense, you can even say that. Ooh, there we go. You can even say. Oh, okay. Ooh, that looks weird. Gulping of water didn't show up on the mic there. <laughs> you can say that uh, the color choice in how in say Twilight Princess it was very saturated, and in some cases uh, there wasn't very much contrast between certain details on characters. I mean, in that at that time it was very low graphical setting kind of uh, character models. Some of their hands were like blended together for NPCs, of course, too. But um, it was all a very, not even muted. Yeah, just very saturated, like what you were saying. And then when you went into the Twilight Realm, they just pumped that bloom. They Oh, dude, my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> they pumped the bloom. They pumped even more saturation with like that orange and brown tint as well so yeah you can use and and there there wasn't very much uh contrast uh between some of the shades in there and in, in the twilight realm and then the light the light was basically all orange and that's honestly all the color that you would mainly see in a lot of in a lot of cases so that's one way that you can set a mood to storytell with contrast and how everybody perceives the world and then to that extent how the viewer perceives that world as well because everybody says that twilight princess uh i think one person i think or one of our friends dawson who's a zelda fanatic he said that it's one yeah, of the more scary titles just a fanatic <laughs> yeah just definitely fanatic. not a fanboy of the series for a long time and uh, <laughs> has no no opinions on the game. Doesn't talk about it a lot at all. It doesn't have a wedding ring and inspired by yep. Legends. Never mind. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Got a master sword for his wedding gift from his wife. But I, uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, that that too. Um, sorry, I was excited and jumped in on that. What were you? Oh saying? no, no. Uh, what was it? Tie off your um, point before I just. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, basically, uh, how the colors are more saturated, darker than say Ocarina of Time. That was the first foray into like 3D Zelda, and they wanted everything to pop and be recognizable because in that game, some of the backgrounds, which were 
um and say in the castle town i think it was like uh just 2d images that were rendered to look oh from far away it looks really 3d uh so you wanted the characters to really pop and be recognizable that they're moving and it's not just like the background is just shifting all weird you know yeah you want to make it feel real (laughs) yeah yeah so that's scary yeah so even depending on uh the limitations that you may have you may have to do something as simple as uh in that case adding more contrast between uh the background and then the characters who are active they're lively they have more color but ever since then uh they used that kind of technique and changed it up to set a mood for a whole game as well and added more elements gameplay wise to emphasize yeah this is more of like uh, a scarier spin i wouldn't say a horror spin there are horror elements in there um but yeah it's more of the um it's acknowledged to be a scarier zelda title and they use the lighting uh, as well to really put that into focus to be the main focus of that game. Yeah, you can see a lot of that contrast within other games as well, like uh, mm-hmm. Persona Five, for instance. Ooh, yeah, you go into the palaces. I haven't beat it, so don't don't say shit. But, yeah, I mean, um, I want to get into that game. It looks really good. Have you? Have you not played it? No, no, no. I haven't played it yet. I don't really have a good fix on the story other than yeah they go into like people's minds and they confront whatever shadows are in there good yeah really good game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really good game uh honestly it's like probably one of the it's probably the most fun i've had in a game in a, in a while really yeah. wow yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah like uh you gotta play it that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> i think ah. you'll like it uh, sounds really good. Yeah, dude, so good. So good. <laughs> um, we should probably move on from contrast. We've been kind of sticking on this for a while. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of wanted to talk about when you're drawing a character, right? When, mm-hmm. what, what, when, what, what? How do you figure out what pose you want to draw, and where, what reference are you pulling from? Like when you sit down, and you're like, I want to draw something. What do you like? I want to draw this and I want to draw it this way. Like, how does that get into your mind? Cause that's something that completely just doesn't happen for me. I feel like I just start drawing and I don't really have a purpose and that gets in my way a lot. Like I'll just be like drawing anatomy and then I'll realize it looks flat, but it's because I didn't have a pose in mind. I don't have a reference and I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. Like that happens to me a lot, but when I plan it out, it turns out a lot better. Like I'm (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know what. How do you get into that space? Like, mm. I don't know why I just kind of blow past it. Just go into I'm drawing now. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, the first thing that I always do is that I reference the last couple pieces that I created, and then I just take a very quick glance at it. Uh, say for one really good example, uh, with all the chibi requests that I've been making, I never want to have the face be at the in a certain angle two times in a row. So mm. uh, let me actually look at my files because I can even just give um, read off like what angles and what size that they're on. So let's see exports. So one say the first one that started it all 
uh, of Green Bean, my original character, for uh, a comic concept that I hope to create very soon. Um, the thing that kicked off that whole chibi request, she was she had her back turned. Well, okay, let's keep it only on the head, the head angle. So her head, if you're looking at the canvas, it's a three fourths angle, and her face is pointed to the left side of the canvas. And so the mm -hmm. next one that I created, which was the first request, it was a full angle tilted slightly to like the right that's a very minute angle um a very minute detail of like tilting the head but it was a full angle and then at least the one that i have in here uh the next one that i have it's like a three-fourths angle to the left again and then say after that i'd have it three-fourths to the right uh and then i wouldn't want to get too comfortable in a three-fourths angle it's like okay let's go back to the full because i want to challenge myself on keeping things generally symmetrical not like one for one because that would look very weird very uncanny because um, you're trying to push a style you're not trying yeah to, like yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of stuff where it's like us oh, symmetricality it's like oh, i have to do the same exact thing but reversed in real time without any augmentation unless you choose to use like a same sim uh, symmetry ruler like a uh, clip studio has I don't like that though. I like uh, yeah. I like asymmetry. Asymmetry is just the way to go for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this then fucking halo line way too short. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that's just for what I do with um, how I want the head to face, uh, like three fourths, maybe one where it's not even showing the other half of the face. It's like a very specific ang specific angle. Mm. Uh, specific, then three fourths, then full, and then like reverse that to like the other side of three fourths, and then so on. And then aside from that, I also take a look at the pose on see, okay, they're doing just a regular standing pose. It's like, okay, what can I do this time? I want to change it up. So the one that I just created, uh, posted not too long ago on Instagram, it's more of a walking pose, like, um, one foot in front of the other and the the trailing foot has a little bit of a shading effect to show that yeah it's in the background for sure um uh, going back to contrast it's like yeah it is visual information to show that one is definitely in front of the other uh and i put a spin on that where uh say if you for some pictures if you do this exact pose as well you don't have to be like on the ball of your foot, you may just choose to put your shoe on its toe and like lean it to the side. And that's kind of what I did. It's like you kind of like let your ankle go loose. And then uh, if that's easy to explain through a podcast, it may not be a lot of But yeah, it's having more of a natural kind of pose and it's not too stiff. Um, yeah, that's just kind of what I'm going to emulate as much as possible i can't do it by myself on reference like in my imagination i don't think yeah it's very hard uh, for me to pull off yeah but one thing that i actually have started doing uh very recently uh and i don't know why i haven't been doing this for all the years that i've been illustrating trying to become a professional is that uh say for the one that i just posted recently i don't know if you saw in that um Sure, yeah. In the in the carousel post, the last one is the thumbnail image, and I did that first. It was very rough, very tiny, so I didn't need to use like really broad strokes across my tablet screen and feel like this is a lot of work, and I have to zoom in, do 
do that. It's like, no, it was really quick, and the pose was even different than the final version. It's like, okay, I have a good idea of what I want to do for, like, the head and even, like, the hand position, but I don't want it to be just like, oh, she's standing, like, heel to heel. And it's like, eh, I could, but let's change it up. Let's challenge myself. Uh, so, and that was even more of a warm-up as well, because I've been realizing, yeah, I need to warm up first, and then that's the point where, yeah, you get the creative juices flowing. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think about doing that approach with, like, uh, a series on YouTube. Um, like, uh, that Dragon Quest picture that I'm going to be kind of doing soon. Uh, like, I was planning on doing a multitude of sketches to lead up to getting to that final drawing, but that one sketch just for some reason just came out of me as, like, Basically, it came out exactly the way I wanted it to first try, which kind of fucked me up because I was like, <laughs> I didn't want that to happen, but it did because I wanted to sit down and keep coming back to it and hopefully drill it and get better every time. But I was uh... like, wow, this turned out really well. But next time I will be doing that. But um, I want to get into the habit of preparing for a piece, if that makes sense. Like I'll sketch out the pose yeah. once and then I'll be like, okay. I made these mistakes and then I'll do it again better and then mm -hmm. I'll do it again better. And then when I get to the point where I want it to be like, Oh, it looks exactly the way I want it to, then I'll maybe like release it or do that. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I don't want to, I want to use that more of a drilling thing for like anatomy and like colors and stuff. I don't think I'll ever do that for like a, a serious piece. Cause I feel like that's just too much work. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, Say I had like a big city scene and I was just like, no, it's not right, and just threw it in the garbage. <laughs> just was like I have to do it again. No. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, oh god. My my point is, yeah, I wanna um, I wanna improve and I wanna use that method to improve. I also want to use my YouTube as a tool to improve and hopefully draw other artists that want to improve mm -hmm. in my YouTube channel. I, I'm trying to come off as a guy that isn't the best at art, because I'm not. And mm -hmm can just you know entertain people while learning himself yeah same i'm in that same boat as well and it's all like perspective as well like we both definitely have said and do want to get better and then that's just we think about how we want to do it in the ways that uh work best for us like for me uh for from my perspective uh i like to kind of bulldoze my way through a piece uh i remember I like yeah <laughs> like uh years ago i would be able to like sit like for a whole day i think it was like at least like six to eight hours on a piece and it's like damn how did i even do that back then i did that too and the problem yeah. was i didn't think that was a problem <laughs> yeah 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 i guess yeah and sometimes you find similarities like that it's like oh i didn't know that was the same thing that we both did so yeah, and even now we're branching out into our own styles and how we want to tackle our uh, visual techniques, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, I know for me, I'm I can be very, especially with the way that I zoom into pieces. Sometimes I can be just a little bit too subtle, say with coloring jobs or like line art, and it's like they look maybe lackluster. Some people might be able to say, or it doesn't have enough weight. Uh, but for you, I've noticed, and you said that you wanted to use like really bold line art to like really flesh out the motion and like the flow of scenes as well. 
Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. really excited for those kind of things. Every time I see like bold line art in One Piece, like when Luffy's doing a uh, third gear. Sorry for anyone that doesn't know that. I'm not going to go into depth <laughs> on what that is. But so, yeah. but I love I love when it just is thickly outlined and it's just looked like pulsingly animated and it just looks super just super lively and like it's like I don't know it just really reflects primal energy to me and mm -hmm. for my manga that's very important so. I want to just be able to do that kind of style in a way that works. And I don't want to do it in a way that's just like uh, Attack on Titan anime, but like on paper. Like, I feel like that's too thick. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. Maybe like a, a thicker than normal line art style, but that isn't like ridiculously thick. And yeah. then like when it really, really needs to be super thick, it'll be thicker than that. So it's then like even more push. Because I think that ex that slight exaggeration is exciting as well. Like, yeah. I, yeah, and then figuring out how like the outlines can go together when characters are interlocking or like touching, like I think that would be super interesting to figure out as well and mm -hmm. make stylistically work. And a lot of a challenge, and I'm going to hate myself for it, but it's going to make me a better artist, and that's what we're here to do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm trying to do more exercises that makes me have to use all of my techniques. Yeah, I want to. Will first get back into uh, my regular art gear because I'm just like split, unfortunately, so many different ways. Uh, but... I'm just a bitch, so <laughs> I've been really, really bad about art because like I've just been stressing over the whole YouTube thing because I was like, how do I want to do it? How do I want to do it? How do I want to do it? Like so much to the point where I didn't realize that two things were happening: I yep. wasn't doing anything for YouTube, and I was barely drawing. And I was like, what? Because I was thinking about producing so much that it was just putting me in this logic circle that uh, I just wasn't doing anything. And it was just like draining my energy just thinking about this. So like now, uh, what I plan to do today is when I'm done with this, I'm going to just put up, well, like I'm going to try to strap this podcast, wrap it up real nice in a bow, put it up on our goddamn podcast and catchers and call it a day but then i'm gonna look over my last video that i put up on the fobby sketch and then just for once in my life uh -huh. watch something that i've made from start to finish and give myself an honest critique of what <laughs> i can do better next time yeah and then just make the next fucking video and then just try to be better again next time because like what i've been i've been yeah, just too much time stressing, too much time mm -hmm. overthinking. And I just need to do it, and I need to fail. <laughs> and then yeah. I need to send it to you and be like, Scott, what the fuck did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and then you need to make your YouTube channel that you've been talking about, that you've probably been having the same kind of stress about, but yeah. you haven't been fully like realizing it because I just realized it while realizing it yesterday, yep. and I was like, son of a bitch. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you should start your YouTube channel as well. Yeah, I want to get to the point where uh, probably even like collaboration between the both of us or even like even more than just the both of us, maybe a whole like five people kind of thing where, uh, you know, the YouTuber Rice Pirate, right? Yeah, of course. So I don't know if you've been keeping up with him, but he has like an original JoJo's Bizarre Adventure story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want us uh, to get to the point to make like original stories with that much polish and dedication maybe not as much to where you know we're traveling 
to where the story may be based, if that's even possible. Well, that's but what we're doing. Right? That's what our spoiler alert for fans, all one of you, actually all two of you, because you're our spouses and girlfriend. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that we're making a story and uh, fucking what, the 10th, we're going to start doing some creating on it because we we actually got where we wanted to be with it last time we yeah, spoke actually. so uh that helped out a lot um but yeah we are going to be jumping into that graphic experience but i know you want more people on board but we'll probably be able to do that what i mean like for the youtube thing i want to use it as a like a way to build a community as well yeah and uh, i want to do more of this thing that's going on around instagram called draw this in your style oh yeah Mm -hmm. i want to do a lot of that just to kind of like mingle with the community because i want to make more art friends because like my uh my ultimate goal is to kidnap ross tran and make him work on my art and stuff with him (laughs) but not actually kidnap him but work with him on that's ross (laughs) That's Ross Draws, by the way. Mm-hmm. I want I want to work with him on something for some reason. I don't know. It just feels like a goal that I have and as an artist, one, and as a career path, because I want to be successful enough to just meet him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to push towards that. And that's YouTube is a good goal for that, because I feel like that helps you find more independent artists that, do it, that are doing their own thing, and that gets you into the community, to where we can get into the situation where we can work with the people we love. Like, I don't know, it'd be cool to work with Game Grumps one day. Oh, I'm sure be that'd possible. be really cool. Yeah. It's possible, dude. Like, totally possible. Yeah. Because, like, I guarantee you Aaron's going to be, like, a voice actor for many video games in the future. Yeah. Oh, he has such an impressive voice acting catalog. Oh, he'll um, he's it's just gonna grow, really. Like, why would he lose yeah. interest in it? <laughs> so, like, if we make a game or like a anime or anything, we could probably have him in it, straight up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so cool. Yeah, and so I cool. guess, uh, in uh, or no, yeah. So, like, what you were saying with like a aspiration of like working with others, I remember, uh, YouTube related as well. Uh, I remember at one point, especially when I was in like the highest point at that at that point, being very interested in animation, uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get into like you know at that time making story basically story time videos, uh, mm-hmm. but with a little bit more polish than the ones that I've been seeing because some of them it's like they just use a static character and they either have a story time or they rant. In that case, it's just a rant, but. I remember having the aspiration of wanting to be part of like the uh like the animator slash story time group and they were like all really cool friends. It's like, yo, that's really cool. I wanna be part of that too. Um, but like actually be genuine about it as well because that stuff also in it still interests me as well because now like, you know, Jaden Animation, she has um a very popular story time uh youtuber slash animator as well she has i think some assistance more youtubers are getting like assistance to help them animate things make them higher you have to, which is, yeah and it's yeah at this point to keep up with the algorithm in line in regard to animation you have to and uh That's it's even life. yeah it's becoming like a bigger community and it's gaining more and more recognition like they're going to cons and everything explaining their workflow and it's like wow that's really cool and you can but do I'm all that, that with like 
I'm seeing that through a lot of things too. Like the game grumps yeah. have employees, Ross has employees. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's like nuts. an office. Yeah, yeah. I'm like nuts. Like we can that's the level you can do it at. And I think that's totally up our alley and totally achievable for us because we're like cool guys. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you got <laughs> Yeah, we're <laughs> but, you know, we, uh, we we got good ideas and like I feel like we're creative. Mm-hmm. Like we can we can pull off a YouTube thing and like not even just for like the sake of like money and and influence and power. Oh, yeah. But like we're yeah. uh, like I want to create entertainment like for people and shit. Like that's truly what I want to do. Like I uh, I feel like I'm going to come into myself more by doing that, and that's that's something that I just want to put into my universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you because I remember a couple years ago. Uh, say my uh, sister, who essentially like helped me like grow up and everything. Uh, I remember she's not very like into like the art sphere like you and I are, and so she was having issue at the point where I was like doing requests like for friends and everything. It's like oh you should be like having them pay you, but it's like at even at that time I was thinking, and this is when I was maybe nineteen or twenty. Currently right now twenty five, but. Even back then, uh, not nearly as on the track of becoming a professional like I am right now, but I kept thinking that creating art is what I want to do and then money is just a bonus. And I want to have that be my ideology, but at the same time, you need money to accomplish other goals as well that lead to more creative outputs. And, and, and to live. Yeah, to live. Yeah. <laughs> live. like i get it and yeah. like the whole doing things for free and all that yeah. like I, at some point you have to it's yeah. like you can't like uh like for example if you want to do if you want to be something you should probably start pretending to be it at the beginning mm-hmm. like so if if that means if you are being you're trying to be a professional artist why don't you pretend to be one by taking requests no matter what and if you're not a professional yet obviously you can't charge them a lot of money because they don't know what to expect from you mm-hmm. and you don't even know what to expect from yourself so like starting off free i wouldn't say is bad i would say once you've achieved a certain understanding free is just unacceptable like you you're not oh, yeah. allowed you're not allowed to do that anymore because the one it takes time to it it's a skill three it's something that's actually really hard <laughs> like drawing i think is one of the harder skills there is in this universe and it's mm-hmm. ultimately pointless if you think about it but uh yeah i don't think you should take that for i don't think you should let other people or you take that for granted for what it is because oh yeah yeah it's super important and uh People can't express themselves through art, and you are able to, and that rare skill is something that they can't express for themselves, no matter what they'll say. It's like, oh, it's just a picture. Then no, you just tell them to draw it, and then have, and then be like, have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can uh, even say, yeah, like for music, which is more viable than, say, a lot of, like, the visual arts. It's like they have festivals and everything for it, for music, and it's like, and in the end, it's like, it's just typically for most tracks like popular tracks it's like it's just a three minute song and you can say yeah yeah so but even then people really have a lot they put a lot of importance into it because it helps them uh say like with music it helps them unwind it helps them find creativity and then for visual arts 
it helps them inspire like bigger worlds. It inspires just themselves as well because it can be really meaningful visually. Both things can be very meaningful. And like you can't really express yourself in any other way like this because yeah. uh, and you can't create a world in any other way or you're like uh, you try and tell me how it goes like I don't <laughs> know how you're gonna do it without like art and video games like yep basically the creative fucking holy duo right there you can't make anything else like this like real world or just otherwise um running out of words to say <laughs> brain slowing down but yeah um i'm also drawing so i'm getting distracted too oh gotcha gotcha uh da, 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 da. maybe drawing and doing a podcast is a bad idea yes <laughs> but and then maybe i'll have like sections during the podcast like uh this one podcast if uh you're interested in learning about comics and stuff while you can't read because it's a podcast. There's this podcast mm-hmm. called Lean Into Art. And mm. it's about, it's, uh, uh, I don't remember the guy's names. Sorry. But it's a comic, it's a comic uh, artist and uh, a UX designer, which is like a user experience designer. He does like ah. uh, video games and uh, interfaces and stuff like that. Ooh. And um, they talk about design. They talk about, um, well, I think Digby, Bigby, uh, the, the comic guy talks about like flow of comics, ideas for comics, mm. and how he makes it for kids, and just talks about art block and all of the things in between about art. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a pretty interesting and interactive channel. They they talk to their patrons and stuff like that. So if you're interested in learning stuff about that. Yeah. Uh, where was I talking about, Scott? Help. Uh, oh, yeah. Talking about, like, the bread and butter of the world, like uh, video games and visual art and music. Yeah, he, they talk about building worlds and shit. And yeah. All of that. And uh, it's very it's very fun. And, uh, yeah, they'll talk more about it because I'm severely an amateur at it because I'm still <laughs> making my own worlds and uh, I'm going to use mm-hmm. our project that we're making together to kind of be better at making worlds for our, my manga as well as future projects. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess on topic of world building. So something very, something that can be easily recognized with just these two examples, which um, in this case are Dragon Ball Z and One Piece. So Dragon Ball Z. Uh, or if you start with Dragon Ball, uh, the world seems very, very big because uh, they are traveling, say, very close to the ground, and they're making a journey out of the journey, I guess you could say, finding the Dragon Balls. And yes. then come Dragon Ball Z, uh, a lot of characters in the beginning, they couldn't fly, but then like later on to what we know it as now, Everybody flies, instant transmission for Goku. It's like the world seems, the whole world, and where you could say the whole universe of Dragon Ball Z, uh, or Super, you could say at this point, it yeah. all seems just very small because yes. they just go from location to location. There's no journey. The only journey is where the action is. And yeah. so in a lot of sense, uh, that's how you can say the pacing for Dragon Ball Z can be so slow because they're not really going anywhere. They're just having power battles. But then for One Piece, 
the journey is really fun alongside ridiculous yeah because the world is so fleshed out they have to travel through the world they have to navigate it and all the dangers that precede that uh like the sea kings like for one part they can't even access most of the world for where most of the story happens because on both sides of their pathway they can't like escape that pathway because all these monsters would just like chew their ship up and like spit it out like nothing sea kings are huge and it's like yeah yeah, and we don't there's not even a map of the world yet which is an aspiration of one of the characters to map out the whole world nobody knows what is all in the world to be exact which is and so yeah there's there's a lot of mystery and so they have to travel close to it. There's no ease of travel. So you have to be very careful, like everywhere. Yeah. Especially in the new world. Yeah, for one thing. Um, so in that case for world world building, if you're thinking about having characters who can fly, you really need to think about what else can you put in there that will make your story interesting because a lot of times you may not be able to see that world because you know you're flying over a lot of it. Unless yes. they fly um, very short distances, I don't know. Um, and then even then, to extension, like just the size of your world, and then how certain things maybe like <laughs> magic systems. Magic systems are very very tricky because did you want it to balancing is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you want it to be like uh, typical magic where it's like oh you don't know what it is or do you want it to be magic in the way where it's kind of being tamed and you could say oh at that point it's just like science how say like marvel comics uh like doctor strange they have magic and it's like okay there are specific ways that the magic works in there to where a human can like understand it and uh utilize it to where yeah. everybody else it's like whoa that's like mystifying how does that even work um and then one thing that I learned in the Hulk comics, of all things, that uh, for I apologize for anybody who's like <laughs> reading uh, Immortal Hulk. It's a very small thing, but the Gamma, which Gamma, uh, as Bruce Banner defined, it's like, oh no, this is a science; it can be easily measured. Uh, and at one point, it's like, no, it's like an otherworldly kind of force; you can't really quantify. It. It's like, wait, what? That's crazy. So. You can have an evolution of what we already know to be something that cannot be explained, which further increases the depth and size of your world. Like, more stuff you can do there. So, taking this, yeah, like you were saying, Joe, it's like, world building ain't, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. Oh, not easy at all, especially with magic. Yeah. <laughs> you have to take into account of what people can and cannot do with magic. Yeah, and you have to take into account of what is possible with magic, mm-hmm. and what is impossible. Which just really reiterating on what I just said, but um, there's just a lot of things to take into account, and then you have to do a scaling in which every character has a chance, in which one character isn't severely broken because I know like one spell, yeah, honestly, or like. You know, someone can't just come back to life after dying all the time or something yeah. other. Something crazy. So you just have to make sure, you know, you don't piss your audience off with inconsistencies. And, like, every time you throw something out, maybe think of what the counterfact of that is. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. If you have a character come back to life, 
is it viable and yeah. maybe have someone read it and be like why did he come back like that yeah and at, yeah at first yeah. it's like seemingly out of nowhere it's like the fuck what yeah. i thought you died how the hell did that happen it's like yeah, you gotta and, be yeah. very clear with your audience very very clear yep yep and then i guess in that case when talking about uh uh broken characters people coming back to life you have to especially if you're going to have a longer series like one piece uh say like dragon ball z uh dragon ball super 2 as well uh bleach i'm not familiar enough with bleach to like know too much about how the spectacle goes but yeah spectacle and what is like how you want to show up or uh, demonstrate um powers or abilities and everything because you wouldn't want to show ev well that depends actually if you want to have a lot of mystery and ambiguity with the character to make them more interesting it's typically or i would see it as best to not show everything that they can do right up front but you can equally do that specifically for a story purpose uh, like say one punch man his whole thing is that he beats everybody in one punch no matter what he does uh, but that depends on how strong the character is. Uh, mm. But like, what, nine, 99% of the time... It's One Punch. <laughs> yeah. So in that case, that was the whole hook for One Punch Man. He's the strongest person in the world, and you could say for to some extent, fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, and that's one piece of... The, um, that's the ambiguity of it. Like, that's yeah, what you want to know. Yeah, and even though he gave, um, he gave a reason at one point, it's still like, really though. Dude, it's really it's like, like, no asshole. There's what? something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, stuff doesn't add up. Like, so in universe explanations don't add up. Uh, say for how the audience perceives it as well, and even characters in that universe, they didn't believe it either. So, yeah, ambiguity uh, through. Uh, character development, and then through, yeah, just through character development. Yeah. Why did I lose track of the sentence I was saying? But this yeah, is, this is my life right now. <laughs> I need to sleep more. I need more water. Oh Jesus. Uh, but uh, ambiguity uh, through character development makes them more interesting. It's like the cool character, or not? I don't know. Uh, like Mob Psycho, another excellent work from the author one who also made one punch man uh there oh, was that makes sense that's yeah see that yeah um uh the main character mob he's also very strong and powerful as well but he's not as all powerful as one punch man so there is more depth because he uh he is mortal in that sense in comparison to uh Actually, you know, i want to spin off of that that's a good thing i want to put in so um be careful mm-hmm. what you do with the one punch man kind of stuff because you can very much become a superman and yeah. the problem with superman is he has no problems no flaws <laughs> nothing can touch this man so that when you have a character like that he becomes very uh, he he is reminiscent of a of a, of a stale graham cracker in your <laughs> in your cupboard in the summer day when you actually want a fucking graham cracker, and you're like, oh, it's you, Superman, <laughs> you you 
boring, stale son of a bitch. Like, no one cares about this man because you can't relate to him. Yeah. Like, there's flaws that are supposed to happen with people. Like, even One Punch Man has flaws because he can't be a regular person. No one takes him seriously. Yep. And, like, that's his flaw. Like, no one takes him seriously Mm because, well, not his flaw, but that's his quirk. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He kills you in one punch, but no one trust that you're gonna fucking one punch kill me like <laughs> he's like nah pussy like what are you talking about but um yeah when you have a character like superman who is just smart justice orientated handsome always gets the girl fucking flying through space no one can touch him no one can kill him if you kill him he comes back yeah. You, you lose empathy and you lose your audience. Like I think this was a measurable thing in comics. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, I think his uh, Superman's viewership actually went down after he gained a certain amount of superpowers. Like it's just something that happens. Like um, for example, I like Boku no Hero because All Might mm-hmm. is super powerful, but he got fucked up and yeah. he can't be All Might anymore. And that is super like it. One, it tugs at your heart. Because you know he wants to save people, and you know he's like super strong. He's like the best guy, and everybody put like all of his all of their faith on him, and that eventually broke the camel's back. And like yep. that's that's such a pivotal, really early part of the story that like it makes the whole story, dude. And it's just a a character trait. Like that's it. Like it's literally just this guy's really strong. Like if Superman got crippled. And was not able to do Superman shit anymore. And he had to teach somebody to do Superman shit. And they weren't a Superman. Mm-hmm. Like that would be interesting. It like, would honestly. That would be interesting. And I would like want to know that. But I don't care about Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the problem. Like uh, yeah, his to take into account of people being broken. If your character is busted OP. People are just like fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah honestly. The only thing that he probably has trouble with is that he's too powerful for, like, normal crime fighting on Earth for, like, say, uh, um, one specific example that's really cool that I always go back to every now and again. Uh, Justice League, uh, the really good parts of Justice League, I think, early on, it was Superman versus, what's Batman. his name, Darkseid? No, Darkseid. Oh, Doomsday? Or, is that? I guess it's Doomsday. Yeah, Superman versus... that kills him, right? Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, uh, Justice League, uh, the animated series. Yeah, there is yeah, definitely... Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think it's... Yeah, Do- yeah, something like that. I think it's Doomsday or something Dark like side, that. Darkseid, I think he's more of like a skull kind of guy. Uh, let me look that up, Darkseid. Yeah, but uh, he's... He looks like he's made of rocks, and he's like... Uh, he has the gray and like... Dark oh, no, face. you're... Is he the guy wearing that, like, the blue breastplate? Thanos looking motherfucker. I I'm not sure. Maybe because that's Dark Side. If you're talking about Doomsday, he's like the guy. He's like the berserker looking thing. Yeah, it's Dark Side. Yes, it's Dark Side. Okay, it's Dark Side. Because yeah. like okay, Doomsday so... kills Superman straight up. Like, uh, okay, Let but me... he comes back. Doomsday. He straight up looks like a berserker from Gears of War. Oh yeah, I remember him now. Yeah, it was Dark Side. So in the animated series of Justice League. Um, it was very interesting. It's like, whoa, he was holding back this whole time. He said, I feel like I'm living in a world made out of cardboard, not knowing, uh, like, basically, he lives in a world of cardboard, which is Earth, uh, taking care not to break something or break someone. And then he says, 
Uh, but you can take it, can't you, tough guy? Here's a rare chance for me to cut loose and show you exactly how powerful I really am. And it's stuff like that. It's like, oh, that's cool. But then that's gone. And it's like, oh, he's even more powerful. And it's like, what? <laughs> to, re to reiterate what you're saying, it's like, oh, he's even more powerful than what he's shown right now? Yeah, okay. Like, okay, Mr. Badass, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't yeah. like his concept. It just... <sighs> too yeah. perfect, too... No flaws. Yeah, the only thing that can hurt him is magic and magical objects, and it's like... <laughs> and, well. his <feelings. laughs> and his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not interested in that kind of character. Like, yeah, I like characters it... with flaws, and like they give me a reason to read it. Like I might be pissed off because of the flaws, but I'm, I'm still turning the page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can see why more Batman movies were made than Superman movies. Yeah, they have... He has a severe flaw <laughs> of just being a fucking maniac and a fucking philanthropist at the same time, but he can't do it as a person, which is upsetting. So yeah. he has to revert to his alter ego, which is interesting and upsetting. <laughs> but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the one thing that is very... And this may not be the case in like all of the story runs for the Batman comics. But the one thing that I didn't understand despite Joker the Joker's very often homis what not like uh massacres and everything on a city where there's like multiple deaths if there are any uh depending on the story. Uh, I think, like, some stories, I think I mainly saw in, like, the Batman Arkham Asylum game series, which can be loosely based off the comics. But keeping the Joker alive, is that a thing that usually happens? Because why do you... Well, just... let me let me tell you something even better. Batman yeah. doesn't kill any of his villains. Yeah, it's like, uh, I, I get it in terms of a comic run, but if you want the story to work, I don't get that. What do you... You don't get it at all? I mean... Crocodile's still alive. Yeah, I get it. Oh, actually, you could say the same thing about Spider-Man. Say the same thing about movies. Luffy in One Piece. Yeah, I mean, you could. The thing is, I see Luffy, he's not really acting on any sort of sense of law. He's doing it out of the goodness of his heart, and it would be good in a lot of cases for, uh, to, like, one, like, take them out permanently out of the story for the better of everybody yeah like you say crocodile is you know like still doing stuff and it's like oh but if you're going to be so centered on justice and the lives of innocence while also shared in one piece being in danger um it's that specific justice kind of thing where if you want justice to be served and you definitely don't want people to be hurt in any sense uh, in terms of like maniacal kind of plots over a city like multiple times in one place it's like uh, oh like literally some yeah. guys doing 9-11 crimes multiple times a, a year yeah yeah that like, kind of stuff i get you like yeah i i feel like crocodile hasn't done that enough i feel yeah. you um mm -hmm. and he's not really in the position to anymore so okay i get you that yeah. that's a little different i understand yeah, it's. I guess it's more of a comic thing, not just a Batman thing. It's more of a comic thing. 
Yeah, it's more of a hero doing the right thing, being the better guy kind of thing. But like, I like how that just constantly just gets spat in their faces over and over again. They still don't <laughs> learn, and it's just like, it's funny because of how brutal all the DC comics are, where the villains are literally trying to kill the heroes. Yep. And then the the, the heroes are just like, put him in a cage. It'll be better in fifty years. <laughs> put him in a cage. Jesus. Kills your sidekick. Put him in a cage again. Put him in a cage again. <laughs> this time, don't give him a crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So let's grill cheese sandwiches for lunchtime. I'll let you rot in that cell and think about what you did to my sidekick. Until you get out again. It kills your second sidekick. Son of a bitch, what did I expect? You go out How does this cage? keep happening? <laughs> <laughs> Damn how did i not see this coming Uh, all right man we've done an hour and a half i think that is a good place to stop during this podcast whether or not we got anything done that is up to the audience and since we don't really have one that is fine for me right now um (laughs) i actually like how this drawing went though i was doing a uh so uh, a full-on front face shot and then two side profiles of silas and uh i was just trying to have a consistent style going across and i think i did a pretty decent job figuring out some shapes that i want to use i'll I'll give you a little snap of that real quick Uh, all right this one there we go play a game where's my mouse <laughs> but yeah i think this was a pretty it was kind of rough in the beginning we were kind of unfocused we lost yeah. a little focus but we we, now, we, yeah. we i wasn't talking about roller skating you were talking about <laughs> roller skating asshole <laughs> don't bring me into this wee shit <sighs> the nerve come up yeah <laughs> yeah, this yeah. looks really solid. Yeah, profile. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, that. Yeah, I was. I forgot about that as soon as I posted it. But um, <laughs> the logo looks solid too. So I'll put that up. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was doing my best to just keep it consistent across. There's some like slight differences in just like the wideness of the head on the two side profiles, but I think that's just because I was trying to stay consistent and then little subtle things kind of got away from me like the eyebrow style mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a little bit of the goatee things but overall i think the shapes are there yeah and if you were just looking at this from a distance you'd be like it's the same character so yeah <laughs> i'm just really trying to push the consistency anyway yeah fuck it uh let's end this podcast <laughs> uh <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you uh, next Sunday for an actual regular release because the first two will be going up pretty soon. I'm going to try to put them up tonight. Uh, But yeah, cool. We will catch you next Sunday. Alrighty, see you guys then. Peace out.